What's up, what's up, Scandal Fan Podcast? It is me, Jaha Knight, and I am back with 7-8, the Robin episode of Scandal. Oh my gosh, we had such a great time recording this episode and talking about the show that you are also going to have an equally great time with us. I shared a lot about what's been going on in my world. Katrina did the same, and so did Eldia and Langston. And now it's time for us to go into the end season of this show oh I didn't know that we would get here y'all but we are here and this is going to be phenomenal because we get to experience it together yay now what's been going on for me uh last part of 2018 2017 we decided to you know create our 2018 plan that was like in October or something like that because when you plan for your next year it should always be at the beginning of the last quarter so we did our quarterly planning and we got everything together for what we wanted to do and we decided to start a new business called Paintastic Art Studios which is our um paint and sip business now you know we well i live in atlanta georgia so we actually go out and we we're a mobile service so we go to you come to your home come to your venue or your space that you've decided to gather in and we actually teach you how to paint something we bring all the supplies and all that stuff so it's paint and sip right to your doorsteps it's awesome that website is paintasticparties.com so if you know anyone that's interested in doing something of the like getting their girlfriends together and having a girl's day and doing some stuff on the weekends or you know having a party for their friend and they want to do something different than you always do then definitely reach out it's paintasticparties.com so there's that now the other thing that we've been doing all of last year from the time I got sick until now is I decided to pull it together Jaha <laughs> y'all already know I'm a little bit of a workaholic but we've been working on this for a couple years now uh, pulling together the drama queen universe of books that we are going to publish and produce and it's been a challenge because I've been looking for other writers who were interested in writing under the drama queen brand and how they wanted to do it and all that good stuff and uh, it's been interesting. So um, normally when we find writers, they want to write their own thing. They don't want to write necessarily in your universe. So uh, it was it was challenging. But we found two other writers that want to write in the Drama Queen universe. One is Brooklyn and the other is Catherine. And it's been phenomenal. Of course, I write in the Drama Queen universe and so does my daughter. Uh, her name is Case. So all of us write in the Drama Queen universe and it's been amazing so we decided to start putting out the books so the first book is out it's under satin room that's the series name and it's by brooklyn brooklyn gesher g-e-s-h-e-r so if you're on amazon and you want to go ahead and check her out you can because the book is up and all of the other books in the series are up for pre-order they're already written they're already done but they're up for pre-order so the first room in the Satin Room series is called Satin and the description, I'm going to read to you all the, the Satin Room one, um, the Satin one and the one for Milk Chocolate, which is the second book. So in Satin, it says Rico Collins never dreamed she'd escape the stigma of her tumultuous past, but she has. And now she's the go-to madam for politicians, CEOs and high net worth individuals. At her fingertips, she has a stable of women eager to make every man's desires a reality. 
for a fee, of course. Find out what happens in the super seamy novel when a power-hungry madam starts making ways in a small town. Satin is a great filthy read that tastes like heaven, feels like sin, and will keep you flipping till the end. Now, Milk Chocolate is the second book, and it says Rico Collins trusts no one. And in a world where women get paid to have orgasms, she is the queen bee. But bitterness and betrayal go hand in hand in her world. She has big plans underway, and she's eager to change the face of fantasies. There's just one hitch. She's being confronted with a situation that could destroy her sex empire. So what's a woman who's used to making power moves to do? She decides to take matters into her own hands and heaven help the people who decide to stand in her way. Now, the reason I wanted uh, writers to write in the Drama Queen universe is because it's a unique universe. It's almost like sci-fi, but the books are not sci-fi. They're mostly women's fiction, erotica, um, a little bit of romance. Um, we have those romance novels in there. And the worlds are multi-ethnic. So it's not a world just of black folks just because Jaha's black because that's not a realistic world. It's not a world of just white folks because white folks exist. It's a world that has multi-ethnicities. So I'm talking white, black, Asian, Hispanic, all ethnicities like because I believe that that is what the world is comprised of because it is <laughs> and I don't think that just writing black novels for people is just the only thing now there are certain series inside of drama queen that are novels that are mostly with black folks as character leads so they're leads in the books and um then we have uh, novels that have white leads. I mean, and then we have novels that have Hispanic leads. So it's just a diverse cast of people. But our our cast moves from book to book. So they don't stay in just because you read Satin Room now and then the next series is Black Love Tease, T-E-A-S-E, Black Love Tease. That doesn't mean that you won't see characters from Satin Room in Black Love Tease because you will. So... And that doesn't mean that as we go along inside of the drama queen universe, you will never see the characters that you fell in love with ever again, because you will. Um, one of the reasons I decided to do it that way was because um, when I was younger, my mother used to drop me off. She would go to work and drop me off at the library all day long, and I would be there in heaven. I'm talking about, I'm a nerd, so whatever. <laughs> like, I'm owning my nerd flag, people. But um, she would drop me off, and I would be there forever just reading and reading and reading. And I would go home with a bag of books. And then I'd be like, Mommy, can you take me back to, like, it's the next week. I've read all the books. I, be, I would be under the covers reading books with a flashlight when she told me to go to bed. And then she would scare the shit out of me by, like, get you behind the bed. Like, I'm like, oh, God. God. Like, give me that flashlight. <laughs> so I would have to give up my flashlight because I was doing the naughty like reading while my mom told me to go to bed. So um, I've always loved books in the way that you can immerse yourself in characters and in their world and what they were doing. And then once you're finished, it's like, oh, the book is over and you can't read any more good stuff about the character or their universe. And I didn't like that. So what I've done with Drama Queen, uh, the Drama Queen world is we've decided to weave in the lives of the other people from different series into another series, which just allows the character to develop more. It allows you to keep track of the character. And we have a character map that we've developed that's on dramaqueenbooks.com for you to download if you decide to join us in the Drama Queen universe. Now we are releasing 11 books this year, 11. How many books, Jaha? 11. <laughs> so every month we're releasing a book and you will get um, access to those books as you go along in your journey with the Drama Queen 
universe. Now, um, so Drama Queen Story Studios is one of the things that we decided to do this year as a, a real space because you all know I've been writing books for a while, but the books aren't out as of yet, but we're publishing everything now. Like we're putting it all out there. Brooklyn has been amazing. She's written like a fiend. That girl is good. And then I go back in and edit stuff and change some things and tweak some stuff if it's not right. And then our beta readers have enjoyed the books and they don't even talk about the erotic parts. They talk about the, the story plots. They'd be like, oh, this is what happened. And oh, I love this. Oh, where's the next one? You know, and they just they ate through those books <laughs> when I tell you I was like dang we're we're on the fifth book because we have a freebie giveaway book and so we've been doing that last book and they were like send us the fifth one I'm like wait 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 slow down like <laughs> you know how long it took us months to get these books done and here you are like reading through it voraciously slow down you know so it's been fun um getting their feedback and what they enjoy about the, the novels. But we will be starting a separate podcast for Drama Queen Books anyway, where um, we will have the characters um, actually, it's under, you know, it's on the Shade Tree podcast, under the Shade Tree podcast network. So um, all of the podcasts that we are going to be releasing in this next year will be on under the Shade Tree podcast networks. So, um, you all will get to have access to that in the URL of shadetreepodcast.com and everything will be up there here shortly. Probably by next week, you'll see the links to the other shows. Now, we haven't started all of the shows yet. We haven't started any of the shows. Um, I will be starting a show at the end of February called um, From Dreams, Turn Your Dreams Into Revenue Streams, where I will talk about some of the stuff I've been telling you all about on here, about how to take your ideas and turn them into money. Um... I'll be talking about that there and it's a daily podcast. So we've been uh, basically collecting and, and, and gathering all my stuff so that we can have it go out every day, um, putting up the podcast show notes and all that stuff. So we're preparing so you all don't get so you don't miss a day. So we don't miss a day for you. So that's something that we've been working on. Um, Turn your dreams into revenue streams is going to be on the network. Um, we're going to do green leaf. We're going to do um, insecure queen sugar. Um, and drama queen books. So those are the five shows that are on the shade under the shade tree podcast networks, which you all will see here shortly as we update the site and keep you updated with what we're doing. Now I've taken up a good 10 minutes of your time. So I'm now going to allow you to listen to the episode. Thank you all for joining me. Thank you all for being magnificent. And we are going to rock 2018 with all of our dreams, goals, and ambitions. And I cannot wait to hear about what you're doing. Welcome to the Scale Fan Podcast. Hello, everybody. We've been off for a while. And if you all hear me start to make a little bit of noise with this thing, please say something so I can not have the audio sounding crazy because I'm my earrings are jangly big. Anyhow, I'm Jaha Knight and I am joined with my two co-hosts and we'll probably have another one pop on here shortly. Um, you can find all of my stuff at jahanight.com and they're going to introduce themselves. Hi, I'm Katrina Pavela, and you can catch me on Tumblr, katrinapavela.tumblr.com, Twitter at number one feeling, and um, also check out my handmade um, natural hair products and um, skincare products at bornbeautifulnaturals.uk. 
Yay. Hey guys. Yay. <laughs> hey guys, it's me. It's Aldea Harris here. You can find me on Twitter at Janet underscore Tamra fan. I got the underscore Jaha. <laughs> <laughs> and just, I'm there just hanging out. Whoop, whoop. All right. So I'm so excited that you all are here. We're back. We see Cassandra, Vicky, Onika, and um, we are saying hello to you all there in the chat room. Mm -hmm. um, so if you are here live with us, chat, just shout out that you're here. You don't have to do a lot of talking, but we love to know that you're here and you're, you're in our space. I know I can see y'all. Don't make me call y'all's names out because I see <laughs> I sees you. Okay. <laughs> A fool. Hello. Hey, how are you? So see, our peoples are here. Oh, we love y'all. We're so glad you're here. Hey, Moretta. Awesome. All right. So what have you all been doing over the break? So I know that Eldia and Katrina have some stuff to share. Y'all are in the chat room. Share with us what you've done over the break so we can see, so we can, you know, big you up if you got some accomplishments and whatnot. So let's yeah, do that. Yeah, let's know. That's right. So uh -huh. what have you been up to, Eldia? <laughs> Not a lot. I was telling you guys, I worked a lot um, and just I'm networking. Jaha has taught me how to network. So <laughs> I've been this. like you, I'm using my big girl words, but like I've been <laughs> literally going like up to other stores and like making connections and meeting people and really putting out feelers, like letting people know like, hey, I'm here. I'm available. I'm ready to come work for you and move up in the world. And I think it's going to work out for me. So I've gotten offered two promotions and nice. it's just it's a matter of, do I want to make a 40 minute drive to work at this point? So <laughs> once I decide that I'll, I'll let you guys know. Eldia <laughs> is out here with options on options. She's like, look, yes. options. Yes. I'm well, you know, you, good, huh? I listened to you and you were like, always like, you can't wait for it to come to you. You got to put feelers out. You got to make yourself available, make yourself known. And I've never really done that. Cause it's always like, you know, jobs are always telling you it'll be posted and, you know, just wait, if it's not posted, there's nothing there. And I was like, and then Jaha was like, just go start asking people and network <laughs> yourself. And I like literally started doing that. And, and one person, it like went from like, can you come be my lead? to, oh, well, if they're not willing to let you go, I'm going to make yeah. it a supervisor position so that I can get you. So, oh, like, I yeah. thank you for that, Jaha, because, oh. like, I don't know. But you know what? It's all you, girl, because you actually did the work. Because a lot of yeah. people will say, you know, oh, I want this, and they never do anything about it. Mm -hmm. And you went out there and you did it. And I am so proud of you. Our yeah. baby is growing up. Look at her. Oh, she's walking and she's talking. I hear my man. So I came in on the end of that. So you're a supervisor now? I have an opportunity to be a supervisor. She's right. deciding which one of these jobs. And what what's this new background for you? Katrina. Katrina, what's going yeah. on back there? She does one of her videos. They're in her Yeah, it's, I just switched it up is that I um like the summer, end of the summer, I decided to um, clean and organize uh, my office. So my desk is not as clean as I would like it to be right now, but this whole situation, I organized, <laughs> cleaned everything up, you know, got it together. So, um, so sometimes I do this and sometimes I put my computer on my actual desk and you'll have the Couch as oh, the background, we're getting but a different perspective. Of getting a different view. Nice. I'm loving it. Getting 
you're getting my whiteboard. You're getting my shelves. You're I'm getting a bit loving of it. You're getting. you're getting family photos. Yes. We, see, we and got I'm... the family photo with Olivia in it. Look at that. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> and are we doing new? We're doing a new hair thing too. We're doing micro braids. I spent Ooh. like forty hours braiding my hair um, right before New Year's. Oh wow! Yes. That's that's a long time, Katrina. That's a job. I know, but it was. I people think like I will be like. People have told me like, oh my god, my arms would be so tired. How could you do that? And I thought actually, it brought me a lot of um, peace and pleasure. I just sat. I watched like movies or shows. And I did it over the course of like three days. And I, you know, I was itching to be able to do this because I, it's me time to sit down. Mm -hmm. I do this like once a year, I didn't do it last year or so. Um, and it's just an opportunity, it pays off because it's two months of me not having to like really worry about my hair. I just clean my scalp and wrap my hair up at night, call it a day. There you already know she using them born beautiful naturals and such on that hair. <laughs> yes, that's right. That's why it's down. You best girl. So, what have you been up to, Katrina? Um, so I have been relaxing a lot. Um, I was really happy for the break because I've been working hard a lot, and I needed it. Celebrating the first. Um, gear of trading online for Born Beautiful Naturals this January. Yay! So I'm really like, excited about that. Thank you. Um, finally did like my books for everything that we, um, you know, did for all of trading of last year, We're getting ready for both tax seasons coming up. Um, and I was also able to secure my fourth um, volume that I'm going to be published in the First one is coming out this spring. I think it's April. I don't have the exact date yet. Mm -hmm. um, this other one is supposed to be the one I secured where the publishers finally got to an agreement with the editors. It's going to be coming out, I think, um, in 2019. So it should have two published this year and two published like next year. Congratulations. Um, and I'm hoping, yes, I'm hoping the book, mm. the scandal, um, the critical scandal book volume comes out like right around the time that the show is ending is supposed to, but I don't know if it still will be, but I'll let you guys know. Yes, please do that. Congratulations, <laughs> man. What about you Langston? Yes. What have you been up to? Well, lately I've been trying to figure out how to secure a spot as well as the rights to be able to have a scandal viewing party in a theater oh. setting. But wow. I haven't been able to get any response on that. So I'm, I'm starting to get a little concerned because mm. uh, before you know it, April will be here. And, um, God, you know, yes. so, you know, but at the end of the day, if it doesn't happen, you know. Well, try hotels because hotels have, you know, those rooms and not a, a chain, but like a independent hotel because you can get mm -hmm. the room for like a better deal. Um, try that and right. see if you can find something with that because, um, yeah, I've been looking at a lot of event space lately due to some of the stuff mm -hmm. I've been doing. So, yeah, try that because and you can yeah. rent out a, a, a um, you can rent out a movie theater. So it just depends. Yeah. Yeah, that's not the problem. I've actually, you know, I've actually approached a few and they were like, 
you know, we would love to screen your film and blah, blah, blah. It's like, well, no, it's I'm actually <laughs> wanting to, wanting to, you know, screen the television show. Oh, well, we don't, you know, we can't get the rights, you know, we don't get the rights to certain, to things like that. So I'm like, well, wouldn't that fall, I'm like, wouldn't that fall upon the patron to get the rights? And then, well, we yeah. don't, and then basically they just flat out were like, no, we don't do that. Well, try and the a only bar. Plate, try a bar. Right, and the, well, see, the last time I went into a bar setting, it was horrible. Oh, it really? Because yeah. wow. it's like, you know, it's like only half of the audience is paying attention. The rest are like socializing and being loud. So it's like, how do, you, how, do you, how do you manage that? So uh yeah the first the like the season two finale i saw it in a in a movie theater and it was awesome and i wish i knew who who that was who did that because i would ask them what process they went through mm -hmm. um but yeah the second time was the season three finale and we we were at a bar and it's like you know half it was just loud and it was hard to hard to focus in on the show okay you know so that's so what you're course. working on. Langston is going to pull yeah. together a, a scandal final finale viewing party. We hope that he doesn't find a place that's super loud and he finds mm -hmm. a place that is awesome so that he can you know, host that. That sounds yeah. good. And he'll keep you all abreast. I will. <laughs> yes. All right. Um, I did a lot over the break. I don't know what y'all be doing, but. <laughs> <laughs> I have. Um, so we actually started a new business, me and my daughter. It is a paint and sip business here in Atlanta called Paintastic Art Studios. So we're oh, mobile. Nice. Yeah, we go to your house and we uh, set it up so that you can paint and sit with your friends or wherever you are. Like if you secure a hotel room, that's why I was like, get a hotel. Because <laughs> like, right. we've been going to those lately. So we've been doing that. Um, I just published um, our first book from Black from Drama Queen Books. It is on Amazon. Congratulations. Yes. Nice. Hey. Very excited. What's it called? You say it's on. Go ahead. I'm listening. No, I just said, what's it called? It is Satin Room. Uh, that's the series. It's under Brooklyn's name. She's the writer for that series, Brooklyn Gesher. And it is, the first book is called Satin. So her last name is spelled G-E-S-H-E-R, but it's Satin. It is an erotica novel series. It's four books. And then there's a bonus book. It's a fifth bonus book that you get for free once you do it. If you have Kindle Unlimited, it is free for you to read it. And it is so dope. I love this series. So, um, that's the first, but we are publishing 12 books this year in Drama Queen. So it'll just keep going, going, going. And all of the stories are kind of connected. So um, I'm excited about that. And what else did I do? Um, we finally got approved for Amazon for blacklovetees.co. So we will have products up on Amazon here soon uh, for blacklovetees.co. And I'm just excited because everything is pretty much coming together very, very nicely. So I think that's all. Is that all? Yeah. And I lost 30 pounds while we were away. <laughs> what? That's huge. You go. Congratulations. Yeah, wasn't nice. Thing, but okay. <laughs> it looks nice though. <laughs> hey. <laughs> but that's pretty much it. And now we can get into the show because we've taken about 20 minutes of y'all's time. Y'all probably like, come on, heifers. <laughs> like, <laughs> we're coming, we're coming. So um, okay. This episode, I look at the beginning of uh, talking, I was sniveling because I just finished watching it and I'm like, Quentin, what happened to her? Like, that's 
Oh, that's how I felt all episode. I know Quinn is not dead. I'm praying that Quinn is not dead. But um, this was a great See, episode. I hope she is. What? What? No, what kind I of mean, monster are you, LB? <laughs> I didn't mean it like that. You know, like I just met people on Twitter. I see them. Thank God I, Quinn's dead. I've been waiting I, for this day. No, no, it's not because I want Quinn to be dead. It's because it's the final season, and I've been saying that a major character needs to die on this show for like the past three like seasons. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, but <laughs> not I don't Quinn. consider Jake a major character. I consider him a waste of space. And oh my God. So, oh, shade. <laughs> a waste of space. Mm. I well, I mean, I agree, but why didn't you know, he get to fire a bullet for Quinn? Come on, <laughs> like it was for the memory. You got to pull an eye presenter, huh? No, oh, I don't know. Yeah, um, Lang just came up, said I'm a presenter. I never. I don't know what, why is Langston not on. Um, you know, you don't even act like you don't know that <laughs> only three people could be on here. Don't even act like that. Oh no, <laughs> I thought it was only the um the wish McCall at work. It only be three people. No, no. here, yeah. Uh, so oh, what, no. do all, okay. what do you all think about that first scene where Rowan is pouring the gas in the car and he is actually about to light it on fire? Then he calls the the people to say, hey, there's a fire out there. Somebody might get hurt. Look, <laughs> Rowan, just, what did you all think about that that part? When I saw the promo with that, I called it immediately. I said, that's somebody else's body that he is burning. Gladiators are going to get news about it and they're going to think Quinn is dead. This is going to, Olivia um, already believes Quinn is dead and mm -hmm. obviously blames herself as she should. Um, <laughs> but also um, like they're going to go through this whole thing about Quinn being dead, but Quinn can't possibly be dead. And I think because the episode was called Robin, I felt like Quinn can't be dead because of this, the symbolism of Robins um, before I knew that they wanted to name the baby Robin. But anyway, that's what I thought. And that's what it was. <laughs> I thought it was typical Rowan doing what he had to do to cover his tracks and keep everyone off of his tail and off of his suspicions. Um, I thought it was really interesting that of course, everyone instantly believes that it's Quinn and instinct like just trust what david brought to them which is a partial dental dental record correct he didn't get like any other positive form of identification that it really was quinn so um but yeah it wasn't they have the hair thing the hairpin that olivia gave her the Ooh. Hairpin. right they had the, they had blood they had a piece of her dress, dress. Mm -hmm. um and i think because they had all kind of been through this agony of um you know, thinking Quinn uh, was already kind of dead. dead. Mm -hmm. And I think also, let's not underestimate the impact of Olivia because of what Olivia knew. She couldn't well, in, in good faith, act like, no, we're going to keep on the fight that can't yeah. be her because she knew yeah. what the truth is. And I think in a lot of ways, they still like defer to her leadership, even though mm -hmm. she's not at OPA anymore. Right. So I think they kind of sense that maybe this is final because even live looks like yeah. it's final. final. Yeah. Now, did y'all see the Langston? Where are you? Oh, he might've dropped out. So did you all see when um, they shot the bullet and uh, 
I think it was Jake. Jake's memory of Quinn was the memory which, which connected her to Olivia, where she said, mm -hmm. he said to her, you know, Olivia's alive and she just broke down. And that was so, oh, what did you all think about that? I don't want to give you all my thoughts. Go, Go ahead, Elia. Are we talking about all the moments in general or just that one? Just that one specifically, because that was just like, that one. yeah. So, yeah. So like, I almost for, even forgot about that until they showed it. Like when he showed it, I was like, oh, that's right. Because it, because like all the moments connected is how I felt. Like they all showed the evolution of the character of Quint, right? Because they showed the one with Huck when it was, when she was first there. And then they showed the one with Charlie and they showed the one with Abby, which I totally thought they used the wrong one. They should have used the one where she told her her name was Quinn. Bitch. My name I thought they yeah. yeah, I thought they should have used, but outside of that. So when they got to the Jake one and it was that one, it was, it. They, I think they were trying to show the contrast of like, we saw Olivia grieving all in her own way for Quinn this this episode, right? Like without really shedding tears, right? Liv was grieving, but she never really like cried, right? Like she would like, like Katrina said, she was trying to hold it together for everyone else and like help everyone else come to terms with this. And then you see Quinn's reaction to finding out about Olivia being safe. And it's a completely different reaction, but it just shows the connection that they have to each other and how like they really do care and Olivia has helped create Quinn. And now, like Katrina said, feels totally responsible for her death and the uh, effect that it's having on everybody else. I actually don't think Olivia was trying to hold people together at all because <laughs> she was trying to hold. And, and, I, and I think that yeah. that's perfectly fine because she needs to stop playing that mother hen role. And I think a lot of them have actually moved away from needing her and depending upon her, which is right. actually structurally for the story is really important because Olivia, right. if we think about her in terms of addiction, she cannot recover and move on to like who she needs to be and break these chains of that she has actually um, helped uh, put together, uh, tether her to these gladiators until mm -hmm. they no longer depend and need her. It's like, um, I think it was Jane Armstrong 0405 on Twitter. She was saying that, you, I pointed this out and she said, yeah, addicts, the enablers have to change before the addicts can get help. So Quinn, mm -hmm. Huck, Abby, and obviously Marcus was never really into all, all of this shit. And even David have been through it, right? Where they've tried to be the Olivia Pope people or tried to be these worst, darkest selves. And they have worked through trying to come out on the other side. And Olivia even fits, like Olivia is the one that needs to make that transition, but she can't do it until like one, she needs an intervention. But I don't want to go down that road. My point was that she wasn't trying to hold them together. And I thought that was good. She was trying to hold herself together yeah. because she is falling apart. And Quinn is the appropriate catalyst because, as you said, she created Quinn. So in a lot of ways, this episode spends time and about the death of Quinn. But it's really about the death of Olivia Pope. TM, this persona mm -hmm. that she had been, that had been coming apart and she was like desperately trying to like keep making it work and it hadn't been working for a long time. And Rowan killed at least command that vestige of Olivia at the end of the last episode when she played chicken with him and it didn't work out. So, you know, for me, she was coming apart while trying not to look that way to all of these other people because you know, she's the one that they're supposed to believe in. And she didn't even believe in herself anymore. 
So I love the scene and we're going to skip around a little bit because I love the scene where she was talking to Huck in the office and she said the gladiators got eaten by lions. Mm, <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, that's really. So what did you all tell me your perspective of that? And let me read a, a little bit of the comments over here um, for from the, the people in the in the other side of the, of the game here. Um, Onika says, I hope it works out, Langston. I've done only done a viewing party once, and I hope I get to, to attend one for the finale. Kamara says, she's rooting for you, Langston. Keep on going. It'll work out. Vicky said, congratulations. Annette said, hi, y'all. Welcome back. Uh, I have power, but no internet. Mobile internet isn't working well today, so I'm out. Annette, we're glad you have power, girl. Yes. Right? <laughs> yeah. Kamara says, wow, Jaha, everyone is so inspiring. Yes, I love y'all. Y'all are so inspiring. And so are y'all. Y'all give us all this good stuff. Look at Annette over there powering through with some lights and shit. Like, we love that, Annette. <laughs> you love to have the light. Um, and Yvonne says, hey, y'all. Hey, Yvonne. Uh, Kamara says, one, everyone knows Rowan hey, can call rent a body. Two, the person's face was covered up. Three, why would he need to destroy a body? Four, he could easily cut off a lock of her hair, take a piece of her wedding dress, and could have taken the pin. Also, David could have been brought in at any time to help. It takes a family. Remember, things are easily fabricated. Jake has been in on this scare straight drama. Um, well, we, we, we already know that it possibly we is know more than likely not Quinn. <laughs> Girl, you know how long we all been doing this. We all, me, you, all us, all us, the team, the team of the scandal. You know, you know we, we just gotta, you know, we gotta watch the show and talk about the show. So tell me what you all thought about when she talked about the gladiators being eaten by lions and all of that, that whole scene and the the look of on Huck's face, like, I still want to murder you in the face. Like, I was just, I was, like Huck was holding back his, 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 he's a little bit, on edge there. You know Jaha. And tell us what yeah, you thought you about scene since you, you brought it up that you liked it so much. Mm, excuse me. <laughs> I thought I was just asking the questions here. But anyway. No, no, no. I want to know what you thought. <laughs> I thought that it was it was poignant that she was talking about how the gladiators died and how they were supposed to protect Quinn. And she was angry at herself more so than she was angry at anybody else because she knew mm -hmm. she failed to protect Quinn. And she mm -hmm. knew that at the end when it counted and Quinn's life depended on it, she played chicken with her life instead of, yeah. you know, just giving in and giving in to Rowan so that she could get Quinn out of there safely. She had the opportunity to get Quinn out safely, but she chose her own ego. And that's what I thought about this scene. Yeah, I I thought about that. And, um, you know, Eldia, you go, because I know I have a tendency to, so. <laughs> um, I thought it was a beautiful scene. It was a scene that made me, as I watched it, I like set up and was like leaning in. And like the, the, the more, the longer it went, I was like, oh, oh, oh. And at the end I was like, oh, like it really, brought that episode home to me and it mm -hmm. brought um it brought olivia to to her to a broken place she's been broken we've discussed this and huck in the scene earlier with abby and abby told him he was crazy and he needed to go home and he needed to sit down and he needed to just grieve and like jaha said huck was he stood there and he just let like he just took it in and he knew like then you saw him going to Fitz looking for confirmation of what he was thinking. And then he got that and then he saw her and it was like, you could tell Huck was rotating between like wanting that to confront her. That happened before he saw Liv at that yeah. point. 
Yeah, he went to fit for that. For yeah, and like yeah. in that scene, he was like just Guillermo played it so beautifully because it was like you could tell he wanted to like yell at her and scream at her and call her out on the carpet for what he was thinking and what he was feeling. But at the same time, he stood there and was her friend and let her have that moment of brokenness and kind of he took it. It was it lives confession. That that was what Olivia was doing. She That's was confessing she was in that scene without saying the words of I killed Quinn. He I don't I, think Oh, sorry. No, I was no, go ahead. I don't think he necessarily was trying to be her friend at that point. I mm-hmm. believe that he was just holding back and listening because he knew something was wrong. Abby mm-hmm. told him that he was crazy. Fitz confirmed that he wasn't something was wrong with Liv. And then w- the way she was breaking down, I think he it confirmed for him she did something, not necessarily killed um, mm-hmm. Quinn, but she did something that caused this. And he was holding back. And it was to me, there is no way I could have held back, but he knows if he crosses that line, just like when he was talking in the meeting, he said, if I do this, mm-hmm. if I have this drink, I can't come back from it. Like, it's mm-hmm. a, cause that's almost like a, go ahead, Katrina, you go ahead. <laughs> no, I'm glad you brought up that point. Cause I'm gonna say it actually connects to that meeting because mm-hmm. I tell you why Huck was holding back because he recognized another addict hitting their rock bottom. That's mm-hmm. happening in that scene with Olivia. The glass breaks the last vestige of this self that she was trying to put together and she Mm -hmm. can't repair it. And she's there blurting out all of these things that she's been in denial about the very personage that she's built, this whole idea of gladiators and protecting. And she's like, this was bullshit. This is, this is something that she formed as a teenager, right? About this whole, like, I'm a protector. When I see people in need, I feel it's my duty to protect them, right? That's high school Olivia. We have the Mm -hmm. newspaper clipping to prove that that's when she formed that Mm -hmm. identity, that she's tried to make work well into adulthood, but she's been arrested emotionally in Mm -hmm. adolescence with this idea. It doesn't work anymore for real life adult things. And she's coming to grips with, with all of these things that I'm not a protector. This white hat doesn't even, I don't, it doesn't look pretty on me. Like none Mm -hmm. of this looks pretty. It's an ugly moment. And I think Huck recognizes a fellow addict in that moment. And so he Mm -hmm. does hold back and he's actually hurting because he sees that this girl is in real pain. She did a bad thing, but something else is going on here. And he lets her have that moment. And I think for me, one of the most poignant moments in that scene is when she gives him the Judas kiss, right? Mm-hmm. The kiss of betrayal, mm-hmm. um, and that, which kind of confirms and seals the deal for him yeah. that. You're the one. Yeah. Yeah. In that scene. Oh, yes. Who was she referencing as the lion and the prey? She is the prey. Rowan is the lion that ate her. She was dinner and a show to him. And if you think about all these seasons since he's got there, Mm -hmm. the games that he has played with her, how exhausted she said she was in the last episode. And she realizes... I was never going to get your approval. I was never going to be your daughter. We were never going to have this relationship. All I was to you, at least I believe she's starting to come to this realization because again, rock bottom is a feeling. It's not a single event. So this is only the beginning of a process for Olivia that I think she's realizing some truth about her relationship with her father and I feel like perhaps that's why she allows the bones to be sent to him because those are her bones that 
have been sent to Rowan, essentially. Yeah. That she doesn't she exist as his daughter, daughter anymore. Yeah. yeah. He talks about his daughter being dead, but also yeah. the dinners, they both lost the, the literal <laughs> dinners that they've had as well mm -hmm. as right. daughter and, and, and father. They yeah. are the dinner in the show as well. Like he's yeah. trying to, it's like a chess match. Like the that's dinners been their major source of attempt at connecting, and it never was. Their those dinners were always opportunities for, um, for one up lessons and yeah. one upmanship and competition and competing with a parent. Olivia spent her like so much of her adult life trying to prove to her father that she's good enough and simultaneously also better than him. And what she did was turn into him, yeah, almost. He wanted to make a better version of him, which was a less human version of her. And she failed and he's disappointed in her failure. And her failure of getting to that point is also disappointing to her because she lost herself somewhere along the way. Mm, that is so good, girl. All right. So I don't know what is going on with Eldia. Eldia, are you still there? Yeah. Well, both of y'all don't have video for me. Maybe it's me. <laughs> oh. No, it keeps doing that on my end too, where it says no video available. Oh, okay. I yeah, and then you pop back in. Crap. <laughs> oh, I can see or just fine. Oh, okay. Well, I can see you, but I see you behind a thing that says no video available. It's weird. <laughs> <laughs> All right. They so can see us. Can I see this? In the in the comments, we have. Um, let's see. We have Onika says, when she said gladiators get eaten by lions, my heart dropped with that truth. But I love that it was Olivia that voiced it and admitted that she failed. Um, and, and the Annette said, great point, her heart sank too. Kamara says, Huck was torn, live as Huck's family, his everything. He wanted to kill her, but at the same time, he watched the woman he's admired and worshiped for years have a nervous breakdown. He was heartbroken. Everything she built was gone. If Huck murders Olivia, it will, Livy, it will literally kill him, and he knows that. Do we truly know that Liv allowed the bones to be sent to Rowan? I mean, well, they're there, so she was the only <laughs> one that knew where they were. <laughs> right. And, right. And you want to know away. how perfect it is that Jake is the one that facilitates that delivery because yeah. he is the one that's facilitated Olivia's destruction by yeah. Rowan. So it yeah. was kind of a perfect. That was a you know, very like Kelly scene because mm -hmm. Rowan still called him stunned. Oh, like he yeah, that's was, his child. Yeah. And as is Annie, the dinosaur. Right. Yeah. She, and she's mm -hmm. the perfect child. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Doesn't behave. Yeah. <laughs> he derives bad. pleasure from her and yeah. she exists only, only for his him. culture. Yeah. Right. And, yeah. And I'm still and I'm still not convinced when he said I lost my child that he was talking about Olivia. Mm. I still think so, he's, he's I still think he's stuck on B613. Oh wow! Now that's a different perspective, and it, it, it possibly it ties in. Commanded anymore, so how could he have lost it? In but it anything, but it he could take it at any point that he that he wants. It possibly ties in because look at the very end when Charlie came back home because he was lost and he wants mm -hmm. back into B six thirteen because he doesn't fully he doesn't know. I don't think Charlie knows that Olivia is supposed to be the head of B613. He didn't right. know that. No, no, no one, none Except of them Quinn. know. Quinn yeah, knows, right? Quinn knows. Because she put it together. And now Huck probably And now Huck knows because knows. Huck, Huck clearly has gone down the same rabbit hole that uh, Quinn went because he was able to understand that 
Olivia had something to do with the Rashad's death. So mm-hmm. he right, he but, but he could think that she does as um, in her White House capacity, not necessarily right. as B six thirteen. That's true because so it's say up that. in the air whether he's gotten to that point yet. But everybody's about to find out, you know, because I mean, uh, mm-hmm. Abby and David found Quinn's um, flash drive, which exactly. undoubtedly has actual shit on it about mm-hmm. Olivia that she can't have Jake erase. Um, mm-hmm. So Charlie finds the baby. Huck knows about the pin and is figuring and the cell phone towers. And it's, they're mm-hmm. all coming together. And I feel like this is going to result in a kind of intervention, but right. it's going to be very scandal like because all of the information the, ga- the gladiators are collecting and it's going to come upon her. And right. I think she knows that her time is almost up, that this is coming out. Right. So and my question, wa- and, oh, go ahead, go ahead, Langston. I was just going to say, and watching that back, when he asked Olivia about the, if she knew about the pen, and then she lied. Oh my something, God. Something, the, look on, the, look on, the look on Huck's face let me know that he already knew that she was lying because he had already done that. He had already done that work. So when mm-hmm. she lied, I mean, you have to yeah. see, you have to see the little head tilt, like, Hmm. <laughs> yeah, he went like this. You want to know why? Olivia mm-hmm. is very smart. She knows Huck is going to figure this shit out. I think she wants to be found out. She can't bring herself to confess for real, but she's <laughs> letting kind of letting it happen because she she's got to know there's no point in lying to Huck. I mean, to lie to him just to kind of get out of there. Mm-hmm. But she's got to know that if he's got that information because of who he is to Quinn, mm-hmm. he is going mm-hmm. to find out and she's right. gonna let it she happen had, because she's exhausted and she's done and she right. she probably for her own sake of releasing the burden is probably begging to be Someone found out. Yeah, yeah. She had to yeah. have known that he was gonna follow that lead, yeah, that he was gonna course. find out where it was gonna go. Yeah. So, so let's explore that a little bit. Let's talk about the fact that they went to pick out uh um, Quinn's casket and all that stuff. I, I, there's so many people in my head just now. <laughs> Pick out Quinn's casket, and they ended up um, going with what Charlie suggested. And then the story that they're talking about around uh, Charlie telling Quinn about the guy who was vengeful and he died, and they used the bullets, they filled the bullets with his ashes and whatnot. How do you think that's going to tie into this this plot? Because like I know Huck took one of them damn ashy bullets i know he did <laughs> and, you, and you know they made you know they made more than seven of them. you know right. they did. Oh, and, right. and there was extra ash i right. know what, what did they do with that did charlie take it home he didn't even want to go to the house charlie was like i'm gonna just sit in the car for hours because he didn't know where to go it was so sad to me look y'all oh, that was oh, a man that was so look. sad when he yeah. shows up at rowan's door i was like man he i bet he felt it feels like Maybe this is karma in some ways. I help facilitate taking away Huck's family and so many other people. This mm-hmm. is what I get for a moment, I hope, and then it gets snatched away from me. I don't deserve a family. Might as well go back to B613 and be that guy again. Right. And it broke my heart. Right. Because it made me think of that, oh my God, that's exactly what Olivia did after she left the White House is she came in from the cold like Charlie did. Yeah. And, and became... B613 agent essentially. Right. But you know what? That was the other clue that 
Quinn may still be alive was the fact that he didn't readily accept him because even though he may not be the head of B613, mm -hmm. he could still mm -hmm. easily put Charlie to work at killing people. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. And yeah. he basically refused him. And the only reason that he would do that is if there's still hope that he could still have that life that he was actually moving toward. So, you know, whether, whether it be the fact that it's only the baby that's alive or if actually Quinn is still alive, because I was actually waiting for her to walk in and say, just say, stop, you know, <laughs> you know, because I was like, that's, that's the next moment. And then it just ended. It was like, what? Mm, Y'all playing. You might We're still playing. have her in the basement. Yep. Because, yeah. because Quinn was never the important part. I think it was always the baby. That's what he wanted. Mm -hmm. I, what Rowan I, wanted? I think that Robin is Olivia's replacement for him. Yeah. She's oh, in her Rowan. bedroom, right? A bedroom that he's kept like a shrine since she was 12. Olivia is dead to him. And Robin, which, as I said, signals rebirth and mm -hmm. renewal in the spring, mm -hmm. is alive in his dead daughter's bedroom. What mm. the fuck? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's someone yeah. to take care of that something. baby because it was a healthy baby. And, let me, and let me let's, let's and, You ain't about to steal no white baby is no black man. You just not, you're not <laughs> about to an entire white baby as a black but, man. Somebody gonna notice. But, Somebody gonna check that out. <laughs> but, check, but check this out. Nope. This is this right, that's the but here to to uh Katrina's point, that's the tie-in between how to get away with murder and scandal are the babies the mm. fact that uh, that, uh, I don't know how to get away with murder so well, you're gonna have to tell us a little bit yeah. there's, oh. there's, a, there's also going to be a custody situation on scandal and i think that's how that's what's going to happen is that papa has somehow uh gained custody of this child yeah. and they're but didn't have the to baby fight die them. how to get away with murder langston no, no, he didn't. Oh, oh, okay, he didn't. So Laurel's baby is alive. Okay. Yeah, and her daddy has taken custody. So. Oh, okay. So that's where I think that's where the tie-in is going to come in. Is that they're they're going to have to battle these two fathers for these for these babies. So, so. um, now I don't that know how this is going to work out, but I would really love for Olivia to end up with a baby at the end because the the symmetry and full circle from the first episode with a baby in the box would be so perfect. And, and it was, I do not want Olivia anywhere near somebody's baby. <laughs> <laughs> well, after she after she grows up and goes through the changes that she needs to goes go through and starts getting some help, Olivia I actually feel like it would help her. She's still an emotional adolescent. This is what she did with Fitz at the very end. That's not that's not healthy sex. That was emotion. That's you being a child or being a teenager and going somewhere and being like, this is the only relief I could get. So I'm going to mm -hmm. go in and do this with you. But it wasn't connected to. Mm -hmm. And he's a safe space for her. Right. So she goes there with. I, that was still the same she's thing. Just, she's just, she's just doing I, what she does all the time, going to the Fitz massage parlor. <laughs> oh, I, don't, I don't know about like what she because does. All she the knows time, that he Fitz won't turn massage. her away. Well, that's really part of it. But I think it is she was seeking genuine connection in that moment because though she promised, oh, we're never doing this again, if all she wanted was escape sex, she could have rang up her dial a dick with Jay, uh. right? <laughs> yeah she she goes she in she's almost shit. like prostrate and the, the scene is completely silent she doesn't say yeah. anything because she, like she's i feel like she's there 
and at least some form of acknowledgement because you have to count up all the scenes that we've seen so yeah. far with her. Yeah. Quinn's actual funeral, the breakdown of the rock bottom in the office, um, you know, her uh, montage of drinking and not being able to even connect with Quinn as a person to try to write this eulogy. All of those different things leads to this moment um, and even her initial rejection of Fitz because what she's really doing is rejecting herself but by sending him away in that moment that she's there to me and maybe I'll be proven wrong as a kind of first step of, yeah, I need a friend. I need, I need something. I need help. And that's who she chose to go to just as that's who she chose to call after right. she murders Andrew. Cause she knows she can count on him not to judge her. And right. it's about to fall apart for her ass right. any moment now, which and is why she asked for it. I just don't agree. One night. I, and, and plus the fact that, plus the fact at that point, I don't agree. No, no, I'm not saying that sex isn't part of her coping mechanism because I don't, that the thing, the only way that she can actually communicate in that moment is with her body because she can't mommy i can't talk right now um is, <laughs> is that um she's gonna call again because like that's fine that's what uh, I, mommy. Yeah. <laughs> I will not be ignored i know you saw me calling she, you. <laughs> yeah. because because yes olivia does use sex as a form of like communication yes. when words fail her. So that is absolutely true. But I don't think that she's there to necessarily um, try to just as, as a form of just escape. I think she is there. Who said it about this is a safe space for her? I think she is there for shelter because she knows that she can find that with him. And it's complicated. And I know she can't make a better decision in that moment. So I just kind of understand, you know, what's going on. I understand that, but I'm just saying that I feel like her ability to process emotions is not there. Yeah. So it's instead, not yet. Instead of dealing with that, she's going to do something else to feel something else because she's surrounded. She's engulfed in grief. So if she wants. To she's in a lot of pain. pain. Yeah. So right. and guilt. So it's not just right. it's not and just grief. Yeah. It's also guilt. So, yeah. No, I count all of that as pain. It is guilt. It is shame. Yes. It is um, grief. Uh, if if she can even Here. open herself up to Here. grief, it is. Uh, well, it's not humiliation yet, but I do think it is those big three. It is shame. It is guilt, and it is um, grief. Fear, and she has fear. But, She's but, scared, like because this is yeah, not going to yeah. end well. <laughs> like, yeah. No yeah. Way yeah. And can can well. we also can we also talk about the fact that it's you know it's really ironic that she couldn't even come up with anything to say. You know, mm, besides the fact yeah. of not being able to equate um, Quinn's humanity, but also the fact that she created mm -hmm. Quinn. She literally yeah. created oh, yeah, Quinn about that. And, yeah. and, had, and just had no way of even being able to yeah. just talk about the person that she created. She couldn't say anything. It's like, do you even know this girl beyond <laughs> the fact that she was an employee for you and you created her? Yeah. Do you know anything? I feel like her eulogy was complete trash. And it, you know, in a way, it supports that ironic statement and that dig 
um, follow up big from Fitz when she goes. I have amazing friends. friends. Like, I see well, that. I see you that. don't really seem to know anything so about up. them. <laughs> it was kind of like, well, where are they? Where are they? Like, I can see that looking at the tumbleweeds. It was yeah. hilarious. Oh, but, that <laughs> look reaction. but that look on her face, like, how fucking dare how you? How dare you? You and, know, it's yeah. funny, but she snatched the bottle because that's your only friend right now. Right. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. To be clear, that was whiskey. Oh, I'm thinking of. I'm thinking of a. Yeah. I'm like whether it was bourbon, because she likes right. bourbon, um, or you know, uh, uh, like scotch. I'm like they're all forms of whiskey. Whatever it doesn't matter. That's whiskey. Mm-hmm. So that's why that scene with Huck was so brilliant when he's at an AA meeting dealing him. with it in a healthy mm-hmm. way, mm-hmm. and we see the scenes of interspersed with her drinking the whiskey, whereas he's trying to fight that temptation. So the portrait of these two addicts is really just- So that you brought up Huck, I'm glad you did. The scene with Huck talking to Quinn's charred body. Oh my God, that thing was so black and charred. I was like, y'all really went in on this one. But him talking to- I got a merch. That's why you know it ain't her. (laughs) <laughs> so you know any her, but the, come on. but the, the the idea of I'll he, tell you why. I'll well, let me finish the question. I know. Let's go. I said I, I'm telling you why in a minute. Okay. So who was making the noise with the headphones? So the idea of him <laughs> talking. She was responding to Mama. <laughs> oh, okay. No, I was opening up a candy bar. <laughs> So, um, the idea of the prisms in the room and how he timed everything just beautifully so she could have the perfect wedding moment. It was just, oh my gosh. And then him saying to her, I promise you, just like you look for me and you found me, I promise you, you will get justice. I will take out whoever the hell mm-hmm. got mm-hmm. you right here. But what I loved about it was just the idea of us thinking about who Quinn was in the entire, because uh, I remember us talking way back um, in one episode where Quinn, we're looking at this show almost through the eyes of Quinn. Like we're discovering mm-hmm. these characters almost through the eyes of Quinn. And now, you know, we're going back and we're kind of um, paying homage to who she is as a character and the, the glue that she is for this whole team. Cause like somebody, I think one of y'all were saying that no one was looking to, they were almost kind of defaulting to Olivia as a, um, mm-hmm. as a leader in this episode, mm-hmm. that's because Quinn's not there. You know right. what I mean? In the absence so, of Quinn, they look to her. To her. Yes. That's who she was, that's, you know, she used to be. Which leads me to the memory that Olivia brings up, is the memory of when she passes the torch to Quinn. To Quinn, And yeah. Quinn essentially surpasses her and becomes a better Olivia Pope. Quinn has to remind Olivia this season about the cardinal rule of OPA, mm-hmm. which is asking the client, what she wants. Olivia yeah. forgot that. And she went back and she used that with Melly. And that's how she ends up killing Rashad because Melly wanted the peace treaty at any cost. And Olivia gave her what she wanted, mm-hmm. but she didn't care how she did it. Did just any way the means to an end. So that's in a weird way, that's how we get to all of this is Olivia listening to Quinn about the, the cardinal rule of OPA. Quinn becomes a better Olivia. I have to follow that up with the fact that you're talking about the 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 change that Olivia made and who she has become, and and kind Mm of um, juxtapose that against Cyrus and what Cyrus is, how he's changed (laughs) as a character, and what happens with him and what's the dude's name, Um, Fenton. Fenton. Yeah. 
Fancy. Okay, so tell me what y'all's thoughts about that. Eldia, you go first. Uh, the the difference between where Olivia has gotten to, where she's become more inside, like, because remember Huck was saying, I, mm -hmm. I didn't want her to become like one of you, but she's mm -hmm. worse than one of you. And then you see, you hear, um, what's his name? Uh, Cyrus black, saying, black, black. Cyrus. yeah, mm -hmm. I'm not that person anymore. And, you know, so go at it, girl. So the character, the character of Cyrus has been on this evolution, right? And it started last year with everything that happened when he got accused of the, of, oh shit, what's his name? Vargas's murder, right? Mm -hmm. And he proclaimed his innocence. And we kept saying he was like the boy that cried wolf, like the one time he was actually innocent and no one believed him, right? And then this season you see him, they introduce a new love interest and you see a different side of Cyrus. He was much more affectionate than he ever was with James. He seemed like someone that had really learned from his he's mistakes, a, right? He's he's a, a, right, <laughs> he, he takes care of himself. He's like, he's fighting temptation to go, to go to his comfortable place, right? Which is lie and scheme and cheat. And, you know, so he's tried to be this different Cyrus and then Glacklin finds out all this stuff about him and it takes him back to where Cyrus is basically left standing in the space of, oh, I found this out about you. You worked with this Charlie guy. This is who you are. And Cyrus says, I'm not that person anymore. And it comes off like the boy that cried wolf. And then you have the scene. I think the scene with Glacklin happened after the scene with Jake, right? Where he says to Jake, you told me to mind my business. You told me to stay, stay in my lane. Mm -hmm. I've been doing that. And Jake just is kind of like very dismissive to him. Like, what's your point, Cyrus? Why are you here? <laughs> like your boyfriend broke up with you. This has nothing to do with me. And you see Cyrus yes, trying to, yeah. <laughs> and you see Cyrus trying to put the pieces together. Like what exactly happened? And then you have Olivia going through her evolution and going to her comfortable place, which is Fitz and going against her urge, which is like Katrina said, which is to express herself, right? And I thought it was very interesting that Cyrus she was expressing herself. <laughs> okay. But I think it was very interesting that like at the end, Cyrus is left with nothing, right? Because Glacklin essentially broke up with him and he still has no answers and he still is so it'll be interesting to see where they take him from this. Like, does he stick with the Cyrus he's become or does he go back to his natural habitat, which is to be Cyrus? Yeah. What I really liked about this uh, that scene was the fact that Glockwin told him, because I'm just use your name because I, I can't, mm -hmm. it's too many. <laughs> um, so what I really liked about that scene was the fact that he said to him, if I thought someone was trying to buy me, I, I would never that. let that happen. And it just showed like where, where, where there are parts of Cyrus that is trying to change, but his core of who he is, if he, he, he's been in this town so long that he's a manipulator of manipulation, you know what I'm saying? So mm -hmm. he can't change the core of who he is because he's been doing it so long. But Glacklin, he said, you got this. Like, look at how he tried to play the blame, blame mm -hmm. game with Fincy. He was like, mm -hmm. um, have you tried, have you gotten to this billion dollar right. you know, standpoint being completely honest and completely up? But you're no better than me. Who are exactly. you kidding? Right? Yeah. He needs to make him just as bad as he is. He is. Exactly. And he Which was like, seeing Olivia tried to do with people. Including and Fitz. Fitzy was Magic like season five. Nah, nah, bruh. Nah, bruh. Nah. That's right. not gonna work out. <laughs> I am not like you. Exactly. I have principles. I have core values. 
And I stand by that. Wow. I yeah. stand by that. Yeah. And that <laughs> was, no. go ahead. No, I was just gonna say on that note, I love, do, do y'all notice how this season they brought in, my hand a little bit ashy. Do y'all notice the season <laughs> how they brought in <laughs> like a kind of these outside figures to essentially show the audience that these characters that you've been dealing with for so long, they are bad people. Yes. Here are normal people mm-hmm. and how they would interpret the situation or not <laughs> deal with it. And we had a little bit in, say, Susan, and she, you know, drops out of the race. Like, mm-hmm. Melly's essentially handed the presidency at every turn, right? Okay. Susan right. drops out of the primary. Vargas is dead, and she's got people, who, forces, you know, um, uh, non-Russian forces basically trying to get her in office. She didn't earn shit. Um, but uh, the point being that Susan was one of those normal people that mm-hmm. begins to show these people up for how terrible she they are. And she drops out because she's like, she reached a point where it wasn't worth it for her. It wasn't worth it for her integrity and her morals. And I thought about Gla- her when, you know, Glacklin said that, that there's a point beyond which it is not worth it. Abby mm-hmm. came to that point. Yeah. You know what I mean? A lot of people have been coming to that point. And we see that essentially these people have been corrupted by this thirst for power over these seasons, you know, with this 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 house and this this town. Um, and they're having to contend with that this this season. And I felt like for me, Cyrus in the end went looking in that painting for the beauty in himself that Mm -hmm. Rockland said he saw in him that was reflected in the painting. So it was almost like he was trying to look in the mirror and see what other people saw because I think deep down he does think he's an ugly person. Um, And he hasn't dealt with that core. He hasn't contended with it in the same way that Olivia, right. And it always has been that the key difference between him and Olivia in this regard is that Cyrus knows it. Yeah. Olivia, I think, it. deep down knows it, but she doesn't own it. Mm-hmm. And it's been the source of a lot of shame for her, this inability to kind of deal with this problem, this essential self that she doesn't actually believe in, but projects to other people. And the bullshit of it all is she's finally sort of like confessing, beginning to confess to it. But you know what's interesting, though, is that Glocklin, when with Glocklin mentioning the fact that he thought the painting was beautiful, mm. in the beginning, if I remember correctly, he pretended not to know the worth of of the painting itself. Right. Yeah. yeah, you know, so you know, so it, either either he was lying before, or he's lying now. Right. But from the beginning, Cyrus thought he was trying to buy him with the painting. Like it just, even if you take it back, Cyrus had no other thought right. other than. Oh, he bought me this painting to try to bar- to try to buy me. Right, but initially wasn't I thought initially I thought the painting was not so much a declaration of love because initially mm-hmm. he right. was he wanted to wanted to buy him into working for it, working right. with him mm-hmm. on a on a presidential campaign or whatever, and it just seems like then then it kind of it flipped. So right. I'm, I'm just I'm just wondering if there might not be some other comeuppance that we're supposed to expect from Glocklin if this was all just a pretense to just really screw with to screw with uh, Cyrus in some way. 
because it just seems weird that the motives have suddenly flipped. I don't know that the motives have flipped. I what I think happened with Glaucon is that he liked Cyrus and that perhaps the whole politics thing was the actual ruse gateway. to get close yeah. to him, the gateway. Like this guy's interested in this thing. He's all about it. I'm interested in him. Fenton had bought the painting, not necessarily for um, for Cyrus, but he tells him about the painting and acts like he doesn't care about the value because when he has so much money, he doesn't give a shit like what it is mm -hmm. that he ended up paying for mm -hmm. it. And Cyrus taught, is amazed by it. And because he likes Cyrus, he's like, wow, you actually really care about this thing. You know what? Have it because I like you. I saw mm -hmm. that painting. I liked it. You should have it because right. both my faves mm -hmm. together. Like, right. I feel like maybe it's kind of that, but you know, this <laughs> show has made us so cynical about trusting people and characters that, mm -hmm. you know, who knows? But I feel like in the last season, it'd be a waste to go down that route with Fenton Glacklin because these characters need, need to reach a point where they decide who it is that they wanna be going forward. And I feel like we're getting to that certainly with Olivia and we've been getting there with some of the other characters. But, you, and my other issue, I'm sorry, my other issue with Glockland, this whole Glockland scenario of dumping Cyrus is it's the information about Charlie is not that readily, readily available. Thank somebody you. Told, exactly. somebody told him. Somebody told him about Charlie because mm -hmm. there is no yeah. way there is no way that you have people It's not Googleable. Right. You right. that 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 investigation is bogus. That investigation is focused so because um, because Charlie is off. Charlie was always off the radar. So right. somebody told him about yep. about uh, Charlie's about um, Cyrus's past with Charlie because that's not readily known information. Because yep. the fact that the fact that Charlie is an assassin is not readily known information. Nope. So, right, so his um, name doesn't show up anywhere is that so right it's, yeah his real name isn't even charlie oh but can, can i can i talk about why i still why why i still think that why i still think that Bless quinn is alive well um, we'll get to that in the after dark because okay. okay all right we're about to are go we gonna be on here till 7 30. No. No. I'm just playing. No. <laughs> so so call her mom back so like, funny because her daughter was like, are you gonna be able to come back and get me? Because I know you're gonna be like in the after dark till like 7 30. That's a girl. <laughs> after dark till 7 30. I'm gonna pick you up right from this gym. You need to calm down, manage your time. Don't be trying to manage your time. <laughs> it's crazy. All right, so I'm gonna go ahead, Langston. I was like, if, if if we all here till seven thirty, we on some time warp stuff. <laughs> mm -hmm. I'm not doing it. I'm trying to be in my bed by <laughs> seven thirty. That's twelve thirty at night for me. Yeah. Oh my gosh, yeah, it is um, late over there for you. So we're gonna. I'm just gonna read these last comments, and then we're gonna go into the after dark. You all know what to do if you want to join us in the after dark. Go to dramaqueenbooks.com/backslash/support. Now I'm gonna read these comments so we can move on. Uh, so Spencer says that the tie-in is criminal justice reform. And he also says that Annalise has a class action suit against the state for poor public defender office. That's what he says is the tie in for how to get away with murder and scandal. 
And um, Onika says that Rowan is a pro at keeping people healthy, alive, and hidden. Yes, he can keep a white baby just fine, job. <laughs> <laughs> he may be she able didn't to miss no meals. He may be able to. He may be um, able to keep it, but the way he got it is the problem. And so she also <laughs> says that um, we saw Olivia in the winter finale, I think, almost clone herself laying all sides to cover her tracks. This time she was just resigned to the inevitable because her spirit has been broken. Like yeah. when Quinn died, that well died. So <laughs> that's that's that. Um, Kamara says Part Charlie of her died is, too. So. Yeah, Charlie has come so far because of Quinn's love. He's not that man anymore. Um, da -da -da -da. Let's keep going. Uh, Kamara says that's the theory. I haven't thought of Papa Pope using Robin to take Olivia's place. That's some sick shit. Oh, in the ash bullet, sick as hell. Uh, Vicky says sex was the only way she could connect at that point. Fitz was the only one of her men, which was her choice without intervention from her father. Um, mm -hmm. well, that's a good point, Vicky. Vicky also said something else in here. She said, Olivia went to Fitz because he represents the light and Jake would have reinforced the dark. Go ahead, Vicky. We got smart viewers oh. I said about acknowledgement that she needs help because if she wasn't acknowledging that she needed help, she could have gone to Jake. Right. Jake makes yeah. her feel less bad about herself because he's worse, just like her father. And you know, and you know and what she I went to somebody she knows is better than her. Somebody yeah. who's like made changes in his life and is doing like work for, you know, doing yeah. like social justice work. And has See, Kamara, any, Kamara, Katrina just stepped all over what I was about to read the two things. Has anybody has anybody else noticed that in their interactions we have not heard the light lately? The song, the music, the lights. No, no, because it plays for a very specific purpose. Right? Can we just and talk about the Stevie Wonder song though? Ah, oh, did me. So I did love that. Okay. All right. So I'm I'm gonna go ahead and say we have to go ahead into the after dark because we're running a little long. So we're gonna leave now and thank you all for. Oh, Kamara, what? Now I was saying Kamara, since she's gonna be in after dark, she can ask her stuff there. Yeah. Oh, she says she's in. in. After dark, after dark link. Oh, I don't have an after dark link. Yes, I will be sending y'all an after dark link. I'll put it in the after dark. So log into your accounts now so okay. that you can get the link to join us in the after dark live. Please log in now. I'm gonna say this twice more. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes people be like, Jaha, I wasn't. They, they email me talking. They, I know y'all be doing that. So go ahead and log into the after dark right now so that I can put the link in there for you all to join us in the After Dark. And I'll send over the link to the team as well. We should be there by at least 5.17, okay? So 5.17 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So that's like, what, five minutes from now? Yes, mm -hmm. let's go. All right, see y'all in there. All right, all right. We we'll be there before 7.30, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, guys. <Ridiculous>. Bye. <laughs>